This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Ladies and gentlemen, Cole Perfetti is a Winnipeg Jet, and he will be joined by Paul Stastny. Welcome to another episode of the Jet, Jets Grit Per 60 podcast. My name is Connor Farrell, and I am joined from the other side of the house. Hey everyone. Uh, I'm Brendan Farrell, also known as TCJ. How are you? <laughs> you ask that like they're gonna answer. They can't hear. We can't. I was answering. I was asking you, but that's fine. Oh. Well, okay. Then clearly, I've had too much scotch, so I'm gonna drink some more. Um. <laughs> so yeah. So we're recording this after the draft. Um, free agency um, is happening as we speak. Although I think most of the big moves have already happened. I think really all we're waiting for is Petrangelo. Petrangelo and Taylor Hall are the two. And maybe where wherever Flurry ends up, if Vegas can open up some cap space, that's the other and thing. The, that I, think. And the, I think that's the like the big domino that we're waiting to, to fall to see where everybody else goes. Well, also the remaining, I don't know, three million goalies. Yeah, but like most of them are definitely like backup goalies. Yeah, I know. But it just seemed like right around 1230 Eastern here. Like all of a sudden five goalies had different contracts and I'm still trying to figure yeah. out who's playing for whom now. So, so wait, did the goalies in Alberta change? Yeah, I think so. But this, this time they got a uh, British Columbia involved. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, because, because Markstrom is now in Calgary and oh, that's Calgary not- let go of Cam Talbot, who's now in Minnesota. Oh, so now there's four teams involved. I thought Edmonton signed someone today too, and I can't remember who it is. Yeah, it's it's been kind of a crazy day. Going off the nope, copyrighted. No. Um, yeah. Okay, but we'll let's let's start from the beginning. Tuesday was what? So on Tuesday, NHL draft. Day one, because yep. day two was a forever and a half. Yep. Well, day one lasted a lot longer than I thought yeah. it was going to, to be honest. But, uh, uh, so, yeah, so 10th okay, so, o- overall that, pick. That, 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 okay. Back it up. Okay. Lafreniere gets picked first overall. Okay, no surprise. Byfield gets picked second overall. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Stutzla third, I think. Yep. This is off the top of my head. Uh, I get lost from that point. Somebody was picked fourth, and then Sanderson was reached yeah. where, five. Lucas Raymond was four. Lucas Raymond, yeah, yeah. And then Sanderson is it Raymond, F- or is it? Like, I don't, I don't know. Or is it like the Senators Uber video, where they <laughs> they go? I forget what his first name is, but they were teasing Raymond. Yeah. Um. 
And then I think you had, oh, I don't, I don't remember. The so the first reach there. So that's actually a, a very big point. There is Sanderson going fifth, right? Yeah. Because remember we were talking about him maybe being at like 10 and that maybe that being a reach. Yeah. And he goes five to the senators because wild senators. All right. We're talking about the senators, not the wild. My bad. Yeah. Sorry. That was a lame um, joke. The ducks picked a defenseman as well after that. Yeah, they took anyway. uh, Jamie Drysdale. Holtz goes at seven. Holtz goes at Jack seven. Quinn goes at eight. And okay, then... so that's another big point. Jack Quinn going at eight. Yeah, that, that, that was the Quinn other going big reach. At Huge reach. So we've got two big reaches here. Jack Quinn at eight and Sanderson at five. And what that mean, What's why that's important to us is because those were both players that we thought might fall to the Jets at 10. Jack Quinn, we spent a lot of time talking about Jack Quinn on that last episode. On that last episode. And he goes at eight. So when Jack Quinn goes at eight, there are two players left on the board. When Jack Quinn goes at eight, I'm looking, okay, I thought that might be nice for the Jets to take Jack Quinn. But then I'm looking and I realized when he went, the Jets were either going to get Anton Lindell, who was going to be our favorite, right? On the podcast, I think both of you and I agreed Anton Lindell fits the team really well. Yeah, we could continue to be Finnepeg. Or Cole Perfetti, who was, I don't think we were expecting to fall all the way to 10. Well, also, right before Minnesota broke my heart, Marco Rossi was was at nine. Like, the, I was, I got my oh, hopes right. up Marco on that. Rossi. Yes, Marco Rossi was at nine. And Marco Rossi was huge because... Well, he's 5'9", so he's not huge. That was a center that you could put in your NHL lineup and could fill in role for the Jets this season. I don't know, but I don't know. I'm I'm bad at projecting players. But yeah, I mean, he would definitely be in camp fighting for a role. And I'm not saying Cole Perfetti won't be fighting for a role, but he's not going to fill necessarily that hole that the Jets need to fill if they're going to be playoff competitors like they want to be this season. I just want to say, first of all, there's a when I we were going back and forth with Neil, like before when I was going back and forth with Neil before the pod, uh, before our last one. You know, he asked me like what prospects we should talk about. It didn't even cross my mind to talk about Cole Perfetti because I was like, there's no right. way he falls to ten, and somehow he right. fell to ten. Like I was also on, uh, or I was a part of some sort of mock draft with a bunch of other podcasts and uh and i was picking for the jets and then somehow like i was looking at the guys left i was like how on earth did cole perfetti fall to 10 like there's no way that happens in real life did your mock draft predict cole perfetti falling to 10 yeah i mean hey chevy and i are on the same page yeah so and i guess to restate what I was trying to say before, when Jack Quinn goes at eight, I realized they were either going to get Marco Rossi, who's more or less NHL ready from what I've heard, or they were going to get Cole Perfetti, who was projected top five. Yeah, I was just like, you, you can't screw that up. Like, Yeah, it, and that's kind of what we were talking about on the last episode is they, you know, let the teams ahead of them make mistakes and pick... Pick whoever they don't want because you'll get a good player. Cole Perfetti was even... like the the dream. Yeah. Not only that, like not only is he like a top five talent, he's also 
a center. Yes. That hockey gods have blessed us with a, with a top center. five talent level center. Yes. I don't know how to react to that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Cole Perfetti lit up the OHL with Saginaw. I mean, we're, we're talking 111 points in 61 games. That's insane. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, it's talents like that don't pop up too often. Yeah, I mean... It's like, what, one and a half points a game or something like that? Yeah. 1.6 or something? The uh, I'm looking at uh, Dauber Sports' NHL equivalence calculator. That would be the equivalent to 48 NHL points. Yeah. Draft year. What is he's, oh. Yeah. So is that saying if he was playing in the NHL now, he could put up 40 points? I guess. I mean, it, it's just, I, I it's, just it's just a way to at least it's just a way to normalize. Yeah. Like much. scoring across different leagues. I, I guess the thing with that is in the NHL, if he, if he make if he makes the team this season, he's not going to get the same minutes that he would in juniors. Right. Because in juniors, he's the guy on the team. He's going to get the top minutes in the NHL. He's going to get if he plays in the NHL, third line, fourth line minutes. Correct? I mean, yeah, but... Although I assume if he's... If, if he's playing third line minutes, I would rather just send him back to the, the juniors. HL. Well, he can't play in the NHL. He's not old enough. Third line, I wouldn't mind. It's fourth line. If he's getting if he's getting the Sammy Niku treatment. But, like, I was going to say, the good thing, though, is that... And I guess we'll get to this in a second. Is that with, with Stastny, Lowry, and Cop, like... The Jets are fine for this year at center. Mm-hmm. So there's no need to rush Perfetti. No. No, no, no. But that is the it, thing, though, is that the Jets, like, if this works out, like, not only do the Jets have their second-line center of the future, they could have a 1A, 1B situation. Are you thinking with with Wheeler? Wheeler Perfetti? I, I was saying Shifley Perfetti. Oh okay. Oh, that's that makes a lot. Are, more are you sense. okay? You you might want to put the scotch down. Um, Just fine. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't see how that first round could have gone any better for the Jets, unless yeah. it was well, if they, Marco if Rossi. Marco but... Rossi. Uh, but even then, wouldn't like there's a reason that Perfetti was projected in the top five and Rossi was projected at like nine, right? Yeah. Even then, is is Rossi really an upgrade over Perfetti? And I, the answer to that question is we don't know yet. Yeah, I mean, there's there are a lot of unknowns, especially because we're still talking about like a guy who's only 18 still. Eight. He yeah, turns 18. he turns 19 in January. And you so. know what? I I would like to just point this out. Talking about age just reminded me that you know one of the big storylines for the Jets is trading away Line A. Line A is 22, right? 22, 23. Right, something like that. Yeah, line is not old. No, and he's gonna make like bank. He's gonna make better and mo- he's gonna make money that you would normally see from guys who reach UFA at twenty six or something like that. Right. Well, line is only an RFA at the end of next season. Well, that's true. That's true. Line is twenty two, by the way. Yeah, that's what I said. 
but yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not the biggest prospect people. So I don't think we'll nope. really go too far into the other picks. And we've got a lot and, of other stuff to talk about. So we will save it for another day to, I, I do, do want to reiterate something that I mentioned the lab. Well, first, I've got two points left to make on the first is we should absolutely not see Perfetti as an answer to the Jets center depth problems for this season or even next season. I think the idea of uh, filling that 2C role from this year's draft was ambitious at best, unless you get someone like Marco Rossi and it turns out he's better than you thought he was. Right. But, but I mean, especially with centers, I mean, you can draft them as centers and you can turn them into wingers later. But like, like I've mentioned previously, he does fill a need still because who are the Jets' top prospects that could yeah, make the team? Well, I mean, yeah, they're all defensemen. All defensemen or Veselainen, who's a winger. Yeah. To me, they filled a need and they didn't reach. They, they filled a need while picking the best player available who what shouldn't have the opposite, been there anyway. What is the opposite of reaching? Staying within grasp. I don't know. <laughs> stealing. No, stealing. They, there you go. It's a stealing. Steal. Okay, yeah. They they stole a draft pick from, I guess, the Senators because the Senators was reached on Sanderson or well, whoever reached on Quinn. Well, I mean, it was also, I mean, it's the process, right? That's one of the most important things. That's the process. Uh, right. Like, the draft is a lottery, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if your process is good, you have better odds than everybody else, right? It's oh, like shit, it's if, if, you're, if you're picking on, on, on talent and production rather than like falling in love with a, a guy's size or height or, you know. At, at Paul Fenton. Yeah. Yeah, you mean like lizard people or... Uh, at, at the Rangers in the first round, apparently. Yeah, not the Sharks though. The Sharks took like all forwards and like most of them were under six feet. I think Scott Wheeler had the Sharks as a draft loser though. No, I don't think I don't think so. I think he had him like winner overtime. or like overtime winner. Really? Yeah. Oh, then we read two different articles. But yeah, I thought, you know, with, with four picks, like it's always gonna be difficult. Mm-hmm. But everything considered, like this went well. I mean, it's gonna be remembered as the yeah. Cole Perfetti draft either way. But I thought they did really well. Hopefully, this isn't known as the Cole Perfetti draft in the same way the Oilers remember the um, Nail Yakupov draft. Yeah, that's if you ever have time, look back at the 2012 draft. That is a mess. It's an absolute mess. But yeah, like it seemed like other people were pretty positive on the jets draft like obviously yeah. like no one's gonna be like man the jets killed it when they have like four picks right but generally I, I, from what i've seen people have been like they did about as well as you can all things considered and and now again i would like to reiterate no matter who they picked whether it was perfetti or rossi you know we can speculate in, in a few years, well, they, you know, it would have been better if Rossi had felt to them, or it would have been better if uh, they got Anton Lundell, right? But I would argue that those futures for those individual players are very much shaped by the team that they are drafted. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. So I'd, even then, I wouldn't say it's fair to say, well, they should have gotten X or they should have gotten Y, you know, when we look back in a few years, because ultimately, 
how they benefit from Cole Perfetti depends on how they develop Cole Perfetti. I mean, I mean the Jets are really good at developing homegrown talent, so I'm not really yeah. uh, too No, I'm not sweating it. I'm not sweating it. Although I will say it, it looks like they've had a lot of success with wingers. And I guess Shifley would be the one success with centers. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. When you're not a big free agency destination, you kind of have to be good at, you know, exactly. talent evaluation and development. I, I would rather be a good drafting development team than I would a free agent. Oh yeah. Because I mean, draft deals are amazing. Although getting the Broadway bump wouldn't be a bad gig or the, the tax haven bump wouldn't be too bad either all right so i feel like that's a good stopping point i feel good segue point so we're gonna we're gonna pause for a message from our sponsors and we'll be right back since 1999 coolhockey.com has been the number one online source for purchasing and customizing officially licensed nhl hockey jerseys in north america they ensure every product that leaves their doors is done to the exact specifications of the nhlpa Since they don't outsource jerseys for customization like their competitors, they're able to offer the best quality, pricing, and delivery time on all of their products. If you're a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, they have what you need to support your team. If you take our word for it, then go to www.coolhockey.com slash THPN and use our promo code THPN for 30% off. All right, and we're back. So we are, again, we're recording this on Friday. So unless something crazy has happened and the Jets have like somehow gotten rid of a contract or something and have signed uh, Alex Petrangelo and saved the hockey world from Vegas, we're we're just going to kind of assume that like the I'm Jets assume... are pretty much done with their free agency for for now. You know, this is not how I'm going to describe it on the podcast, but I would be. I'm going to assume that the Jets shake things up immediately after we finish recording. Immediately after we finish recording. Or at the very least between now and when the podcast comes out. Because the way the lineup looks right now, particularly on defense, this cannot be the team that you say, yeah, we are here because we want to compete now. The Jets want to compete right now. This lineup that they've got, cannot compete right now at least not for a cup i don't know i'm, a, I'm a little defense. i'm a little more if you're gonna compete you for are. a cup on on they gotta shake something up here yeah but i, they I, can I make the playoffs with this roster they can't win a cup with this roster well right it's gonna be this year defensively is more of a of a retool with with the defense rather than like last year where it was anybody who can play and is willing to play for the Winnipeg Jets, we will take, right? Are are you playing to win now? I think so. I mean, you wouldn't go out, you wouldn't go out and acquire Paul Stastny and his contract like that. Then you're if you weren't trying to win now. If you're playing to win now, you're playing to win cups. Well, plus, like you can always acquire a defenseman uh, at the deadline too, if you're within, you know, playoff contention. This is fair. So let's let's start off with how the Jets started off the day. And that was acquiring Paul Stastny from the Paul Vegas Stastny, Golden Knights. Brother. Welcome back. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Woo! 
the the Jets kind of for the second time this year the Jets bailed out Vegas, but this time they actually acquired a helpful player in Paul Stastny. So they they acquired Paul Stastny and his six and a half million dollar contract for the, this year and this year alone for Carl Dahlstrom, see ya, and a twenty twenty two conditional fourth round pick. Just Not I mean bad. that's that's just. That's just a, least. a pure like cap dump, for, at least for Vegas. And then Winnipeg's like, yeah, we'll take your still good player. Have you heard what the condition is on that fourth round pick? I have not. Is it something really dumb? It It's smart, but it sounds really dumb. Is it like if Paul Stastny plays like more than 40 games or something? It's if Paul Stastny plays five games. Five games? <laughs> so what they're protecting themselves against there... Is is, is there, there's sending a, him to someone else? No, is if there's not a season, I think, is the idea. There will be a season. Come or on. if something happens with the season. That's such a weird condition. Five games. Anyway. <laughs> it's such a weird condition. It is a weird condition, but welcome to 2020. We're 10 months in. Where have you been? Anyway. So... Yeah, the answer to who is going to be the Jets' second-line center is a guy who's been here before as the Jets' second-line center. Yes. That was that was kind of the theme of the day. Is we're just going to bring the gang back together. Well, okay. So, is Paul Stastny the same player that he was when he left Winnipeg? Not quite, but he's still pretty darn good. I mean, he would still be the best option for them at, at the 2C role. If this were any other team in the NHL, would he still be considered a top six talent? Yeah, I would say so. I think that's from this, from where the Jets are, that's all you can ask for. This point, like, this right? is much better than second line center Cody Eakin. <laughs> is Cody Eakin officially gone? I mean, he's UFA this year. I, I, I mean, all the, of the, the Jets don't have, have any happened. room. Okay. All right. I mean, if they start moving salary for fucking Cody Eakin, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> no, they've got, they have too many other things to move salary for. You say that, but <laughs> it's Cody Eakin. But yeah, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, this is a great move for the Jets. This totally fills a need. I understand Stastny's taking a step back and he's probably not who he was. But he can still definitely be a second-line center. And I think I'm still more comfortable with him being a, a second-line center for over the course of a season than I am um, Andrew Kopp, as good as Andrew Kopp is. And I, I do, do think, you know, we need to give him his, his credit. Andrew Kopp is good. Um, I, I think I'm much more comfortable with Stastny at second-line center. Now, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm trying to think of... I don't know who he's played the most of when he was with Winnipeg before or played the most with when he was with Winnipeg before. Um, So that'll be interesting. I thought I saw a tweet with him and Ellers and Line, which... Yeah, that sounds about right. Sign me up for that. I I have so much time for that line. Well, that's basically like the line you would need for Line, right? Like you, you need to put Line with good play drivers. So, and you have that with Ellers and Stastny. And one of the things that sunk Stastny last year was that he didn't have um, a lot of 
he kind of got sewered by shooting percentages last year. Mm-hmm. But if you're playing with Patrick Line, that's not going to be a problem. If you're playing with Line and Ellers. Yeah. But more so Line, right? Like that's his thing. Yeah. Is yeah, that yeah. we're we're going to give up as many chances at both ends or if not more. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're going to we're going to own the shooting percentage <laughs> battle so it's not going to matter. We're we're, we're we feel pretty confident about just PDOing the other team anyway. Get pucks in deep. I guess the one thing about this line is I don't know if they this is going to be a line that's going to go to the dirty areas. Maybe Ellers. I'd say Stastny. Stastny. Stastny could do it. Right. I'm not, I, I see that line working out if that's what they go Oh, in. yeah. If our top six is Kyle Connor, Shifley, Wheeler... And then Ellers, Stastny, Line. That's a pretty good top six. Yeah, like honestly, I'm really excited to see how Stastny shakes out because, like, if he does, like that forward core could be nasty. And then if, if we've got uh, Lowry, Cop, and Roslovic on that third line, that's a pretty good third line. Yeah, that was that was almost our second line last year, and we saw that worked out. You know. Um, yeah, looking, I'm looking at uh, Michael Blake McCurdy's game by game history from 2017 18 for Paul Stastny. Oh boy. He pretty much played exclusively with Line A and Ellers. So yeah. I, I imagine that's pretty much what I'm, I'm thinking that's what they'll go with. And you remember, like, Stastny was supposed to re sign in Winnipeg after yeah. 2018. He just so happened to be offered, I think, more money and more turn because Vegas. Vegas, baby. And it's hard to turn down Vegas as much as I hate them. And as much as I hate that the Jets kind of bailed out Vegas here again. And I will be especially mad if they use that money to sign Alex Petrangelo. But that's neither here nor there. Stassi's still a good player. Stassi clearly like likes Winnipeg. I think this could really work. What happens in Vegas does not always stay in Vegas. And then you follow that up with Adam Lowry, who was really I got the, nothing for that. Sorry, <laughs> I was I was too busy thinking. But like you think about it, Adam Lowry, who is the Jets' best player in the playoffs, third line. Andrew Kopp, who's a really good middle six player, third line. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see any reason to not be excited for the Jets forwards next year. Jansen Harkins. Jansen Harkins coming in. Yeah. I, I forget who else is on that fourth line. <laughs> Jack, I mean, Jack Roslevic. We kind of forgot about him. He's on the third line, right? Yeah. I mean, Jack Roslevic like, has to play third line. Yeah. And then you you have Mason Appleton on the fourth and oh, yeah. on the fourth. Like, if, there's if a lot of potential with that group yeah there's a lot of the, i guess the, the thing with the jets here is suddenly we've got a lot of uh depth but i don't know as good as that top six is i don't know outside of like like is that top six elite enough yes <laughs> yes to compete? like i still don't know until we see how stastny plays now that he's a few years older with the Jets, like I'm not, I'm not here to doubt Ellers. I'm not here to doubt Line. I might be here to doubt um, Shifley a little bit, Wheeler a little bit because they're older, right? 
is there enough elite talent on that? Like, very good, sure, but elite talent. Well, can that top six stack up against the Avalanche. You know, I would really like to see this team be like a run and gun team. I know they can't be because Paul Maurice sucks, but I would really like to see the, this team just go all out and just be like all offense all the time. <laughs> When the game is 5 4. Yeah, it'd be so much fun. Every but you got Hellebuck. 6 7. You got Hellebuck. I mean, how much oh, worse? That's right. Yeah. How much worse could the, could the Jets' defense be than last year? But, okay. Are you banking on Hellebuck being a Vezina Trophy winner again? I mean, I don't think you should ever bank on your goalie being that. But Connor Hellebuck over the last three years has been a very good goaltender. Well, if you forget about one season. Yeah, but even then, he wasn't, like, that bad. He wasn't Martin Jones bad. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> but, at that, but at that point, the bar is on the floor. Well, yeah. But I'm just saying, like... David there, Ayers is a better goalie than Martin Jones. There's a lot of offensive talent here for this team to just be fun. And I, I think that's something that to at least keep an eye on like i think this team could be a lot of fun whether oh, yeah. or not they're good uh that's another question <laughs> but i think filling in that 2c role like that they'll be fine yeah at least offensively so um so what what have the jets done in this free agent period okay actually let me phrase it like this i was a lot more excited to record this podcast a few hours ago I am a lot less excited to record this podcast now. Can we can we get through the, the positive signing first, or do you just okay, want to? Okay, fine. Give me give me the positive signing. Well, no, no, you already talked about it. No, okay, I, I... I mean we can. So one of the reasons I was excited to record this podcast was the Jets re-signed Dylan Demello to a fairly reasonable contract. Yeah, about I mean... what I thought he would get, but reasonable. Yeah, I still have my concerns that, like, I still don't like Dylan DeMello as your top pair defenseman. He's, I mean, he's a good defenseman and all, but, like, I don't know about that one, Chief. I don't I don't like DeMello or Morrissey as a top pairing defenseman. But also, like... Which is why Chevaldeov should try to go after Petrangelo. But we don't have any money. <laughs> we'll make it fit. But, I mean... Dylan DeMello last year was probably the Jets' best defenseman. <laughs> I know it's a small sample size, but I mean, there's a clear difference between Morrissey or the, the Morrissey-Pullman pair and the Morrissey-Dylan oh DeMello pair. <laughs> Did they bring Pullman back? Yeah. I mean, they didn't <sighs> bring him back. I mean, he's, he's already under contract. Just under contract. Can we stuff him in Manitoba? Well, I guess... You've only, got, you've only got another year. Um, can, but can he just play with the Moose? No. The Meese? No. He has to play with the Jets? No, he has to play over Sammy EQ. Listen, if you have Neil Pionk in the lineup, no, can't have two offensive defensemen on the right side. Can't happen. I want to yell. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, given the Jets' situation... That was probably going to be the Jets' best move to yeah. 
help the defense outside of you know trading Patrick Line. Right. And I'm not I'm not saying that trading Line isn't off the table. Still, I mean, there's still plenty of time this offseason to do something like that. But there were there were a lot of steps taken today. Basically, like re-signing DeMello and uh, trading for Stastny kind of sold me on them not trading Line A, right? Because like the whole point of trading Line A. You mean you mean signing Stastny? No, they traded for Stastny. Oh, they did trade for you gotta put the scotch down, man. I'm out of scotch. But, but I was gonna say the, the whole point of trading There's no line more A scotch for me to drink. I see the whole point of trading line A was to fix the holes defensively. Right. Or at the second but line Stassi center. Stastny doesn't fix that hole. Yeah, he does. He fixed the center. I mean, well, yeah. You still have a big gap in defense. How are you going to fix that? I'm just saying there that are no more free agent targets to go after. I'm you just have to trade somebody. I'm just saying that to me, that it seems like the Jets are pretty satisfied with their defense right now. No. Okay. Look. It's difficult because one a whole lot of it's hard to get people to sign in Winnipeg for a lot of reasons. Um, but two, you also have young defensemen in the, in the system that you don't want to block. Correct. And people want term, so it's been kind of hard to play Hanela and Sandberg if there are no spots available. Which is why you don't bring back Sabiza. Sabiza's only there for a year, though. But you can play these guys this year. I don't know if they want to rush Sandberg or Hanela, really. But Hanela can play? I don't know. I just kind of decided that I wasn't going to get fired up over whatever dumb depth signings that the Jets were going to make unless they gave them term. And they didn't give them term, so I'm kind of okay with it. That's fine. That's fair. That's fine. We're cool. We're cool. We're cool. We're cool. I... You know, Sabisa is a guy. He's a whatever guy, right? He's bad, actively bad. Yeah, but I mean, Sabisa is there to be their I'd seventh. I'd rather be bad with guys that can get better. Right, but you and, also don't want to rush guys. But we saw last season, and I think he played nine games. Hainala fit. Hainala was an NHL talent last season. I know nine games is a small sample size. But in those nine games, he showed more to me than anything Sabiza did in 30 games or whatever, however the fuck long he played in Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the Sabiza signing Tell either. me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. I, I don't want Sabiza blocking guys. That's what I'm worried about. I don't think he will. I think he's there to just be your seventh D man. And if one of the young guys is struggling, he'll play his, what, 10, 15 minutes? Okay, then what's Bolu doing? I mean, Bolu is there to be another depth guy. I How mean, but, but Bolu is actually a guy who will play. Bolu is fine as a, as a bottom pairing defenseman. Bolu is fine. Ideally, I think Bolu is a seventh defenseman. I think Bolu is fine on the bottom pairing. That's fine. But then again, he might be pressed into action into the second pairing, which that might not be great. Running. Yes. It might be too worked up over nothing. Yes. 
I mean, look, is the Jets defense but, good at this point? No, it's still not. No. But I feel like there's at least a little bit better balance right now, if that makes any sense. I guess I just feel more positive about this team because I really like that Stastny trade. And the yeah, Jets didn't Stastny do anything. Trade is good. The Jets didn't do anything stupid in giving some guy who sucks term. So yeah. He's only going to be here for a year. Um, I think Bolu is going to be here for two years. At that point, like, like at that point, the defense is going to be Sandberg and Hanla, hopefully. If they play, if they get NHL they will, time this season, they will play, and especially if they're ready. I think you're until we see the way that they're used. I think you're getting a little too worked up. I I saw how they used the young guys last season. And I saw Niku play eight minutes a night. Yeah, Niku gets screwed, but he's also like his results on ice were not, not great, great either. Not been great. I'll give you that. I I don't have a lot of trust in Paul Maurice to play the young kids. That is fair. I think he's. <laughs> I I don't. I mean, blame I'm not going to say he's. I mean, he might not be a great coach. Um, but I don't think last season he he had a lot going with him. Um, but I the one thing that I I think that it was clear was he does not trust the young players. Yeah, honestly, I was kind of surprised that Paul Maurice didn't get more. Uh, shoot, what is that? What's the name of that curse trophy? Uh, Jack Adams. Oh, God. I, I was surprised he didn't get more Jack Adams uh, hype because it seemed like he fit like all the narratives. So. Is Bruce Cassidy getting fired before the end of next season? No. Give, it, give it one more. Give it one more. Oh, hey, that's another award that they just sorted by points. No. Sorry. I had to. Should have gone to AV, but whatever. Yeah. So the Jets re-signed DeMello. They re-signed Bolu, and they re-signed Spiza for some reason. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, but you also have to have a backup plan. And I know Spies is a terrible backup plan. But, but you have to have a backup plan in case Hanela and Sandberg aren't ready. Or there are right. injuries or both. You're right. But I just, I just I look at this defense and I go, how are they going to compete now with this defense? Yeah, I mean, to like, me, when you say you're competing now, you want to win a cup, Right. Yeah, they can't do that with this blue line. Even if Hanela is ready, I don't. I mean, I don't really know how else to respond to that. Yeah, I still have doubts about the Jets' defense, but it, I have my fingers crossed that it won't be as bad next year. And I think with actual centers, it might help. It might help a lot. Maybe. So we're gonna go into one last note because we've been kind of going on for a bit here. Basically, doctors suggested to Brian Little that he not that he shouldn't play this year, which is uh, unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, prayers for a speedy recovery for for Brian Little. I know that was always going to be a question mark coming into this season. I didn't really expect them to rule him out out of the season completely um, at this point. So we'll, you know. Hopefully he gets gets better and we see him, you know, at some point. But that I mean that does open up some some cap space for you know when they put him on long term IR. 
you know, as long as he's out for the season, they can operate without having to worry about filling that that cap space, or they can operate without worrying that that cap space might come into play. Yeah, I mean, the Jets basically had to figure out what they were doing on mm-hmm. that front. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, prayers for a speedy recovery on that. But yeah, so any, anything else you got, see? Uh, just a congratulations to our fantastic producer, Vinny Milani. He's getting married this weekend. By the time you are listening, he will be married. So, Vinny, I don't know if you're listening to this or not because we're not sending you this to um, produce it, but congratulations. Yeah, congrats, bud. But yeah. So overall thoughts today was a, or this week was a, was a okay, good week. This was a good week. I got worked up. Like just, you, you like, week. I feel like this was a solid B plus week at least. Yes, definitely net positive. Like the defense Jets are better today than they were when the last episode came out. Like defense is still a concern, obviously. And yes. for good reason, but we got some young guys. Maybe they can win jobs this year. And the forward core looks really good. I maybe I'm just yeah. way too high on Stastny, but maybe a little it's bit better than any of the options that they had last year at the second line center position. And he'll he'll be the best second line center they had since he was there. Yeah. But all right, so you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. At Gripper60Pod, you can follow me on Twitter at bferrell 727 and Connor on Twitter at TC underscore 904. And don't forget to follow all of our friends here at the Hockey Podcast Network. And that's going to be all from us. So thank you for listening and have a good one. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bulls broadcast where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. That's up. An- Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's, it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neuenschwander. Anthony Neuenschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know, I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh, no. Jay don't yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was, like, asleep in all of German, too. Oh, you, you, she, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was, like, me and, I don't know, five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible <laughs> class. No, we were in terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network.